by the power of Almighty God. Bishop McClurkin is renowned, respected, beloved. Any pulpit in our nation would be overjoyed to have him to come and minister. He's anointed of the Spirit of God. He's a great pastor, a great singer, a great preacher. Let's give a roar as he comes to share the word of the Lord and praise God for him. Father, we stand before you, stand in awe of you. For you, the, you are the God of miracles. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God that has all power. No, no, you are the God that is all power. So, Father, have your way amongst your children tonight. We long to see you move. Touch us with your mighty hand. And let your grace be given unto us that we will remember this night and apply all that we have heard into our lives on tomorrow. We praise you, and we call these things done by your grace, done by your great power. In Jesus' name, and every glad heart said amen. God bless you. Hug that person next to you. Love on them before you take your seat. If they don't want to hug you, hug them anyway. If they don't want to hug you, hug them anyway. Just love on them anyway.
But being born and raised Church of God in Christ There are some songs that bring you back to landmarks I don't hear anybody here There are some songs that, that bring you back to a holy place in time And it reminds you of the great, great, great gospel of Jesus Christ Somebody, oh, y'all need to know Because some of the stuff that we're singing today ain't really gospel It's inspirational, but it ain't gospel but the gospel deals with a specific, specific subject. Uh, if you want to hear a gospel song, you say, Live and hear on me. 
candy. See, y'all, 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 you see, right now, see, that organ's supposed to be playing. See, you're too young to understand the church of God in Christ. Just, just, you, 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 you got to, ah, I need an old play. I need an old man. Bury me, carry my sin.
Hear the Lord singing, hear the Lord singing to you. I'll never leave you. God is saying to someone here. I'll never leave you. 
on this wonderful celebratory night. I honor God for allowing me another chance to stand before you. I am that I am. I hear the Lord saying, I have internationally I praise God for the pastor and the bishop of West Angeles Church of God in Christ I praise God for a general and a father in the gospel I praise God for an integral man that carries the anointing of God on his life and if you appreciate this great monogene Stand to your feet and give God praise for Bishop Charles E. Blake. And continue to give God praise for Lady May Blake. For Pastor Charles Blake II. To all of the prelate and all of the pastors and all of you, the servants of the Most High God. I praise God for allowing me this opportunity to bring tonight's word. You may be seated in the presence of God. We praise God for Dr. Judith McAllister and the wonderful music department, the whole entire music department of West Angeles Church of God in Christ, West Angeles Cathedral. I'm not going to be before you long. Um, I, I just want to talk about something tonight. I want believers to latch on tonight. I don't want people vacillating. I want believers to latch on tonight. I don't want the marginal. I don't want those people who are just, you know, barely making it. And I want believers that have been holding on for a long time. And despite what you have not seen yet, but God promised you, you're still holding on. I want some believers to hear tonight. Because there are some people who have received promises from God. And although it hasn't transpired in the natural yet, it's already set up in the spirit and it's just waiting for you to get to it. How many of you believe that there's a promise that God has made that's you're on your way to? That's so low, it ain't funny. That's so low. If you know that there's a promise of God that he's made to you that you're on your way to, give God praise in an expectation. I'm talking about expecting what God promised you. Is there anybody who hasn't let go yet? You are holding on by faith. Put a praise on that promise. Put a... Hallelujah. 
I, I, I want to talk to those of my God have mercy. I want to talk to those who, whose faith is not wavering. Those who are walking this walk by faith and believing to see the miraculous take place. I was praying a couple of weeks ago in our, a couple of months ago in our fast. I was praying, God, I want to see. I want to see the miracles. I want to see the miracles of biblical proportion. I want to see the blind eyes opened. I, I want to see those who are graveyard dead raised and resurrected. I want to see those in wheelchairs jump up and run. Those with withered arms to stretch out their arms. I want to see this happen again like I saw it when I was younger. Something happened along the way and, and, and we've kind of gotten more professional than prophetic and we have become a lot more commercial than committed and God has, and it seems like we don't see those things. We talk about them, but we don't see them like we used to see them. And I never want to be in a time where I talk about how it used to be. Jesus Christ is the same. And this is going to be a hard crowd. The, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is still the God of the miraculous. He is still the God that does not have power but is power. And I believe that God is going to show up and show off all over again. Somebody say, watch my God work. That's my text tonight. Watch my God work. God is ready and he is poised to do some miraculous things for those who will believe. And we're about to see God show up and show off. If you believe that, somebody praise him in advance. Oh, no, no, that ain't no praise. Praise him like you believe that you're on your way to your breakthrough. In the book in the book of Mark, I want you to go to the book of Mark and go to the ninth chapter. And I'm going to expedite this and just go to the verse that will bring to bear the thought. And then I'll backtrack and give you the backdrop and the story. In Mark, the ninth chapter, the 23rd verse, it says, Jesus said unto him, if you can just believe, you're going to see some great and mighty things. If you can just believe all things, are possible to him that believeth. Is that what your Bible says? Mark 9 and 23. Jesus said unto him, if you can just believe, all things will become possible if you just believe. Oh, y'all not hearing me. If you went to the book of Matthew, the 19th chapter, and about the 26th verse, you'll see something just about of the same ilk. Ah, Y'all don't hear me. Jesus beheld the, them and he said unto them, with men, this is impossible.
possible. But with God. Man, there's no excitement here tonight. But with God, some things are possible. But with God, most things are possible. We have got to get back to the total confidence and believe that with God, all things are possible. Is there anybody who still has that kind of unwavering faith in this room? With God, all things are possible. In the book of Mark, oh, I'm sorry, let me come back to the pulpit. In the book of Mark, you see a man bring his son to Jesus. And his son is filled with demonic spirits. And the demon throws the boy into the water. And when he pulls him out of the water, the demon throws him into the fire. And the man said, Jesus, I want to talk to you. Because when I took my boy to your disciples, uh, when I took my boy to your disciples, they couldn't do anything. And Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. He said, man, if you all had the faith, you could have done this thing. If you would have just believed this could have been done, bring the boy to me. And what Jesus is saying is if other people couldn't help you, bring your problem straight to him. You have direct access with God. Am I talking to anybody here? You can bow your knee in your prayer closet and go straight to God. And the same power is in action today as it was back then. I don't hear you in this place. Jesus cast the devil out. Did, it wasn't no prayer service. It wasn't no tarot service. Come on out, come on out, come on out, come on out, come on out. I call you, I call you out, come out, come out. Lucia Ho, what's your name? Come on out. It wasn't all that. One pouring oil on them, laying hands on them. Watching them writhe on the floor and have five people around them throwing sheets on them. It was a simple process of calling a demon out, knowing the power of God. Knowing the power of God. And when the disciples saw this, they were kind of mesmerized. They didn't understand why couldn't we do this? <laughs> Why, why couldn't we do this? And he said, if you believe, if you believe, then all things will become possible for you. Do you think that God was lying or God was exaggerating? He meant every word that he said. Remember, as he continued to do many miracles, he would tell them, according to your faith, be it unto you. You've got to believe and you've got to have faith. Now, what is faith? Uh, that's the question. And when you ask religious people what faith is, they immediately go to the book of Hebrews and they quote a scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's, good, that's a good description, but what is faith? And they think that if they slow it down and say it a little more, 
Well, what is my, now faith is the substance of things that you are hoping for. Just because you slowed it down doesn't mean you gave a better definition. But that word faith in the book of Hebrews comes from a, 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 a Greek word. It's called pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis is a word that simply means this. It means the uncompromised and unwavering belief in God and his word. So the uncompromised and un... That, that uncompromised and that, 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 that never failing belief in God and his word makes things come to pass. Now, the, now, 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 belief in God and his word brings about the substance of the things that I'm expecting because he promised it. And it convinces me and, and lets me know that these things are evident and really in position even though I can't see them. Faith is not believing in something that is not there. No, that's called fantasy. Believing in something that is not there is called fantasy. But faith is believing that God said it. He already promised it. And when he spoke it, it came into being. It's not going to happen. It's already happened. And I'm on my way to what has already taken place. Faith is being totally convinced that what God said is true. And God is poised and ready to do some great and mighty things which we know not. But the problem is getting our faith to the place of receiving. <laughs> For so long we have believed and been satisfied with belief alone without reception. I believe, I believe, I believe, but then you, you're, you're comfortable walking away without it with the good feeling of belief. No, but belief is supposed to bring you to the point of receiving. Oh God, this is going to be hard. All of, we, all, we, we, we sit here and we have promises of God, exceeding precious promises that we believe, but we haven't attained them yet. And I'm at the point now with every, everything God said, I'm looking to see it manifest in my life because that's the kind of God we serve. What God said he is ready and willing and able to do if we would just believe. Look at your neighbor and say, watch my God work. <laughs> watch my God work. With God, all things are possible because God does not have power. He is power. God, everything about God is power. Everything about God is love. God doesn't have love. He is love. You don't hear what I'm saying. And everything that God has spoken, he is not just going to do it. It's already done. That should cause somebody's heart to leap because you're sitting back waiting on the manifestation. It's already manifest and you're on your way to it. Somebody say, watch my God work. 
God's not going to do it for one and not do it for you. God's not going to do it for someone else and leave you stranded. God has made you a promise and as soon as you let your faith rise up, you will see the manifestation of the promise of God in your life. God is not finished working with you yet. Uh, when did the Christians become so satisfied without receiving? When did the believer become so satisfied with sickness, with disease, with poverty, with problemed homes and troubled children? I don't hear anybody. When did we become so satisfied with not having enough to make it? When, when did we become complacent and, and settled into just being average? <laughs> when God said, I've got, I, I, I got something to show you. If you just believe in me totally, I will show you such great things that it will absolutely blow your mind. I can show you things that will absolutely leave you astounded and in awe. And any father wants to show off for his children. But you just got to believe it. We've got to get to the point of faith that doesn't waver. Faith that remains strong even if everything around us is shaken. Faith that stands steadfast, unmovable. Faith that is confident that God is at work in my life. Faith that keeps my head up and my shoulders square. Faith that keeps me moving forward even though everything is falling around me. Faith that won't let me throw in the towel. Faith that gives me confidence that in a minute it's gonna get better. I don't hear you in this room. How disappointing it is to God for his children to have partial belief. How, how, how disappointing it is for God for people to leave the place of security with him and put more credence in the voice of the doctor. Oh, I believe that we need doctors, but my, 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 my faith is not in the doctor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because what, what, what you're dealing with, and the doctor's trying to cure, he, he may not be able to cure it. And when the doctor fails at being able to cure, I turn my face to the healer. I turn my face to the one who heals. And I believe that there is nothing too hard for God. In the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, the 32nd chapter, and Jeremiah is writing and, and he is seeing the wonders of God and Jeremiah is astounded by God and his magnificence. And in the 17th verse of Jeremiah 32, Jeremiah writes something that, 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 that denotes his awe. He starts off with an expression of astounding, of amazement. He starts off with awe. Ah, oh, God. The 
y'all don't understand. See, we read these scriptures too sterile, but you got to put your heart and your emotion into it. Jeremiah was so overwhelmed with what God was doing that he wrote it with that expression. Oh, Lord God. You got to get to that point where you are astounded at God. Ah, oh, Lord God. Behold, behold, I'm looking around and I see that you have made the heavens. It wasn't too hard for you to make all the heavens. It wasn't too hard for you to formulate the earth by your great power and by your stretched out arm. And if you can make the heavens, and if you can make the earth, then when it comes to me, there's nothing too hard for you. I'm about to scream. There's nothing too hard. You've got to see God to the point where he astounds you. You've got to see, the, see God to the point where he leaves you in awe. Oh, Lord, my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hand has made I sin. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the whole universe displayed. And when I see these things, my soul starts to sing. When I see your magnificence, my soul starts to sing. When I see the work of your hand, my soul starts to sing. My Savior God to thee, oh Lord God, how great thou art. And I found out something. You can't praise God like that without it affecting God. When you praise God like that, when your faith is that strong that no matter what hell you're going through, you still got a praise and expectation in your belly. No matter what struggle you're in the middle of, you still expect God to show up and show off that no matter what you're dealing with, you're not going to be overcome by the weight of it because your faith frees you. When you praise God like that in the middle of your struggle, it messes with God. God gets excited. God interrupts the cycle. God steps in. God intervenes. And then God speaks. I said, and then God speaks. Jeremiah, you can't praise me like that without me stepping in and saying a word to what you just said. In Jeremiah 20, 32 and 27, God answers Jeremiah. You said that there's nothing too hard for me, boy. You believe me even though you're in bondage. You believe me although your people are in exile. You still have faith in me. And you can't say something like that without me getting involved. God answers Jeremiah and says, Jerry, behold, 
If you want to see something, watch this. Behold, I am just who you said I am. Behold, I am the Lord. The word Lord means I'm the master of everything. Behold, I am the Lord. In other words, God is saying, Jeremiah, you done got me started. And now that you done got me excited, I'm going to get involved in your situation. I'm trying to tell you, your praise gets God excited. And it brings him down into your situation. Your praise gets God involved in your struggle. You can praise God to the point where God gets up off of his throne. Where God pushes angels aside and says, I'm going to take this myself. Where God will sit with you and God will say, tell me again how you love me. I heard what you said. Tell me again how you trust me. Behold, I am the Lord, God of all flesh. And then he said this, is there, is there anything too hard for me? You just missed that. When God boasts on himself, he's ready to do something. I'm trying to tell you God is ready to do something right here tonight in the cathedral. God is about to do some great and mighty things for somebody who believes. And you're about to bring back a testimony of how God interrupted the cycle and how God did a miracle. And if you're believing that you're that one, I want you to give God a great praise right now. Is that a great praise? There's nothing too hard for God to do. He's just waiting for you to rise up and declare your victory because God is going to intervene in your situation. God is waiting for you. You're at your Red Sea. But God said, I'm not going to do nothing until you believe. You're at your Red Sea. There's a sea in front of you. Sinai Mountains to the right of you. Desert to the left of you. And Egypt coming behind you. What will you do? Don't believe that God brought you to this to leave you. Don't believe that God brought you out there so you can die. Believe that if the situation is this bad, God's about to show off. Somebody hit your neighbor and say, watch my God work. Oh, watch my God work. 
What are we gonna do? Well, the first thing you're gonna do is stand still and see how God's about to show up. Quiet your fear, quiet your emotion, and see the salvation of the Lord which he shall give to you this day. For the Egyptian that you see before you today, the problem that you see before you today, the sickness that you see before you today, you shall see it again no more forever. But you got to let your faith activate his power. Your faith has got to activate his power. God will watch the Egyptian army coming behind you and he won't move until your faith activates his power. God will see the Red Sea in front of you and he won't part it until your faith activates his power. speech he turns around to God and says God what shall we do you just gave them a great speech but then you will turn around and say God what shall we do and God said this why criest thou unto me but God there's an army coming behind us why criest thou unto me but there's an impassable Red Sea before us. Why criest thou unto me? We're about to die. I know, son. And if you don't do something, you'll all die out here. Even though you are more than your enemy, You are stronger than your enemy. There's only a couple of thousand of them and there are about three million of you. But your enemy has put fear in you. You believe you're gonna lose your house. You believe that your sickness is unto death. You believe that your family is irreparable. You believe you're gonna lose that court case. Even though greater is he, that is in you than he that is in the world. Why criest thou unto me? What's in your hand? What did I teach you in the backside of the desert? 
What did I show you in your mountaintop experience? You had a mountaintop experience. Don't forget it in your struggle. It's the wrong time to forget what he taught you on when you were on top. Now you got to put it to work. Mo, I'm not going to move until you stretch out your rod. God's not going to move until you stretch out your faith. And as soon as Moses stretched out his rod, God rolled up his sleeve and said, now watch me work. And that's what he's going to do in your life. When you stretch out on faith, God's going to say, now watch me work. Hit three people and say, watch my God work. Watch my God work. Watch my God work. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I took you into the book of Chronicles, into Second Chronicles, somewhere around the 20th chapter, You'll find a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat had a specific problem. He didn't have one problem. He didn't have two problems. He had three problems. Come against him at the same time. The army of Moab, the Marbatobos, the army of Ammon, and the army of Mount Seir laid down their age-old differences and decided to wipe Judah off the face of the earth. They missed it. Decided to wipe Judah. Decided to wipe Judah off the face enemy. You don't have two enemies. You're dealing with many enemies. And the enemy's desire is to wipe praise out of your mouth. To stop you from praising God. To stop you from believing God. But I got news for you. Sent a prophet to God sent a prophet to tell Jehoshaphat that you have no need to fight. I'm talking to you. God sent a prophet to West Angeles to tell you you don't have to fight because there are more. than those that are against you. I'm talking to somebody here. 
Somebody say, watch my God work. There are more for you than there are against you. You're not going to need to raise your voice. You're not going to need to lift your head. Because the battle is not yours. the credit for what's about to be done God's gonna handle this God's gonna show up and he's about to show off the battle is not yours battle is from the Lord God is about to show you his power about to show you his authority God is about to conquer your enemy God is about to raise up and you got to watch out because when God arises your enemies are scattered somebody say watch my Work. My time is up. My time is up. Watch. David, 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 a little preteen David, a little preteen David. Unassuming David. I'm ending right now. I'm ending right now. Unassuming David. Worshiping God in the sheepfold. He doesn't even know that there's a conversation about him in the mouth of the mighty. You don't even know God's talking about you. I'm talking. You don't even realize that while you're in what you're doing, God is talking about you. Samuel comes to Jesse's house and says, there's a king in your house. There's a king in your house. I need your boys because I've got a, an anointing oil. I've got a horn of anointing. 
And when the seal breaks over the, the, the next king, the oil will flow. Come on. It's got to be Aminadab. He's so statuesque. He is so great. Aminadab, come walk before the prophet. Sinewy, bicep, tricep, standing tall, bearded, masculine. Oh, this must be the next king because he looks the part. You can't always go by looks. You may not look the part, but God qualifies you. Hold the anointing oil over his head and the seal doesn't burst. Well, man, it has to be, well, then wait, it has to be Shama. Bring Shama by and Shama walks past and Samuel holds the horn of anointing over his head and the seal doesn't break. Wait a minute, it's got to be. Bring Iliad by here and it doesn't burst over Iliab's head and he waltzes all of his sons by. And the horn of anointing does not burst and the oil doesn't flow. And it's a sad thing when your father forgets about you. But it doesn't disqualify you. Samuel says, wait a minute, this cannot be true. I know that God said that there's a, there's a king in your house. Jesse says, well, well I, oh, wait a minute, I do have one more son. Forgot about him. He's out in the sheepfold. He's watching the sheep, but he's just a kid. He can't be the one you're talking about. He's still ruddy-faced. He's still got a baby face, no beard. He's, he hasn't come into puberty yet. He's not the one. Samuel says, we're not going to sit down until you bring that boy in here. Brings David inside and small little ruddy David walked past the prophet's son. This can't be it. He holds the horn of anointing over David's head. It bursts and the oil flows. Why is he anointed? Because God is about to show off through this boy. The anointing is on you because God's about to show off through you. Am I talking to anybody in this room? I, I, I need you, David. Your brothers have gone to war. Little one, come here. Take this bread, this cheese. Take it to the battleground while you're there. Evaluate your brothers and come back and tell me how they're faring. David gets on the chariot and the chariot drives him to the battlegrounds just in time to see the army of Israel running into the battle. And he cheers them and sees them run back, jumping behind foxholes. And he's wondering where the terror comes from. This is the army of God. And then he hears the bellowing of a giant down in the valley, cursing God and cursing the armies of God. 
And this little preteen jumps up and screams, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he dares defy the army of the living God. What's going to happen to the one who takes him out? Because I'm about to end this right now. Somebody say, watch my God. You know the story. His brothers tell him that he's naughty. They take him to Saul. Saul says, you're just a boy. You're not even a grown man yet. You haven't even been bar mitzvahed yet. You don't even have a beard yet. You're ruddy-faced. You're just a boy, but he's been fighting since he was a boy. And David said, can I give you my testimony? I know he's a giant, but I can handle him. Because when, when I was watching my daddy's sheep, a lion came out, grabbed one of the ewe lambs, and I jumped on that lion and grabbed him by the mane, and I snapped his neck. A couple of days later, a bear came out, grabbed one of the lambs, and I jumped on that bear and grabbed him by his beard and snapped his neck. And this giant is no more than that bear and that lion. And God will give him over into my hands. Somebody say, watch God work. God is about to give the victory over into your hands. If you believe that, give God a great praise right now. I said give him a great praise right now. I said give him a great praise. I've got to stop. I've got to stop. I don't have time to tell you how David won that battle with a, with a small little slingshot and five smooth stones. I don't have time to tell you that. How he used the unconventional to kill the enemy. When David goes against Goliath, Goliath pulls back his spear and instead of Goliath, uh, David backing up, he runs into the battle. And Goliath is about to slay him with the spear, but he doesn't see that, that as David is running, he's twirling something. If <laughs> you don't hear me, you need to get your praise on. Because God's about to take this giant out. Y'all not hearing me. You got to get your praise on. It looks like it's crazy. It seems like it doesn't make sense. But your praise is the key to your victory. Somebody praise God and praise him now. Um, David ran into the battle with a slingshot and a stone. And this little preteen arm flung the rock. He could only fling it with the strength of a preteen. But his faith caused God to move. Bible said, whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll back you up from heaven. And whatever you loose on earth, I'll back you up from heaven. 
So David, you hit him low, I'll hit him high, and we'll kill this giant together. David throws a stone as far as a preteen arm can take it. And then God steps in and says, I'll take it from here. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. God increases the velocity of the stone. The stone takes on speed. The speed is so great that when the stone hits Goliath in the middle of his head, it knocks the giant out. And David kills Goliath. God is about to use your praise. And he's going to set this thing up for him to show up and show off. If you believe that, say, watch my God work. Now put a praise on it.